Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Rocks Life podcast. I'm Greg, and today I'm chatting with Pillow Menendez. It's pretty much exactly a year since Pillow competed in his first ever High Rocks. He went sub 60 in the Open on that day, but with his endurance background, or rather lack of strength background, he found the move to the Pro Division much tougher with a 10 minute sled pull and a seven minute wall ball in his pro debut pro race. But he didn't let that deter him, and at the recent major race in Vienna, he finished second in a time of 56 59, qualifying him for the Elite race at the 2024 world championships he also holds the men's open doubles world record which is in the time of 48 36 and is part of the men's relay world record holding team too in this chat we talk about his background his race tactics his training his running and strength numbers and lots more Pelo is a great guy and a great athlete i love chatting with him and i really hope you enjoy it too before we get into that, a couple of quick shout outs for all the latest Hyrox news, race reviews and training tips, check out our website rockslife.com where you can also find out more about our training plans which have been helping hundreds of athletes get podiums, set new PBs and have fun in their training in the process. After checking out rockslife.com, you should also check out built for athletes who make the best fitness backpacks on the market, bar none. They're the bag of choice for the Hyrox community for a very good reason. They're very high quality, can store so much and are perfect for taking to the gym, to events, going away traveling, pretty much any situation. And it's not only bags that they offer either. We've got accessories such as lifting straps, water bottles, wash bags, shoe bags, and lots more, all of the ultra high quality that you'd expect from them. And what's more, if you use code ROCKS15 at checkout, they very kindly give you 15% off your order, which you can place at builtforathletes.com. Also, a shout out to X Endurance, whose range of supplements are perfect for someone preparing for high rocks. Things like their Career Pure Creatine, their Fuel 5 car product, their Lactic Acid Buffer, and they're great tasting electrolytes. So some of the best of their type on the market and something I, as a nutritionist, am commonly recommending to people if they're training for high rocks. So go and check them out at xendurance.eu. And if you use code ROCKSLIFE at checkout, they give you 20% off your order. Okay, it's time. Let's get into the show. Really hope you enjoy this fantastic chat with the wonderful Paleo Menendez. So we're recording this the day after Fort Lauderdale, where you did the mixed doubles. What what time did you get? Uh, 56.44. Nice, nice, nice. Congrats. Uh, how, how are you feeling? Was it good? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I mean, it was a great experience racing with my wife, finally, because uh, we have been waiting for the race for a long time. She was injured for almost a year, and yeah, we finally uh, went to the finish line together. It was super nice. No arguments? Uh, no, that's <laughs> honestly no. I I know this is this is usually tough uh, when you when you want uh, when you race with someone you have so much confidence. But uh, it went very well, honestly. It went super super well. I, I we planned the, the strategy ahead of time and we executed as we planned, so it was pretty good. It's good. Do you like do you, do you like the doubles? I mean, obviously, so you're the men's world record holder in the open doubles. Do you, do you enjoy that that race? Like compared to yeah. individuals, I, I I find it super fun, and I find a really good way of uh, like improving your fitness if you are not at one hundred percent and having the feeling of racing. I think it's a good a good way before um like a big race, uh, trying to do something spicy and fast. <clears throat> and doubles, I think it's the best the best uh, option because it's not very uh like demanding from it's very demanding, but it's you can recover really well from the from the particularly from the open weights. So I find it very, very fun as well. 
Um, I, I've got to ask, as as there was the new equipment there yesterday as well for the first time. How how was that? Did you did you like it? Did it feel any different? Uh, I like it. I liked it quite a lot. Uh, many changes, I would say. Uh, the sleds felt um, different. I wouldn't say easier. Uh, the sled push felt easier. The sled pull, uh, because I I I raced with open weights, so I don't have the feeling of the of the pro uh, weights. But what I heard from the pro hit is that the sled pull was not easy because the rope was very slick, and I I don't know, and the, the rope was very stiff as well, so it was not easy to. If people were used to move it fast, it was not so evident. So the sled pull pull was normal, and the sled push was a little bit easier than usual. Maybe because they are new, maybe new carpets. You never know. But uh, overall, I like it. And then the uh, the kettlebells in the farmer's carry were super nice because they, they are flat, so you can put the put the kettlebells next to your legs closer instead of just going like like this. So uh, I think it was a it's a big improvement in the a little bit. In, Easier, uh, the, the farmers carry, and what else? Uh, and the wobbles, I I didn't feel anything different. So just normal wobbles, and and the targets here in the U.S. they were usually bigger than in Europe. Now they are small targets, which makes races more consistent across uh, continents. So because I, I found the wobbles when, I, when we go to Europe, to Europe is like uh, a little bit more tricky to hit the target, and here we had like a super big square before, and now it's like a small one. So uh, yeah, I liked it. All right. How about the uh, the sandbags? Were they any different? Yeah, yeah. I forgot about the sandbags. They're a little bit smaller. Um, but I, I mean, the twenty kilogram sandbag, which is the one I used, it felt comfortable. If they didn't fit so well around your neck, they are not so soft, but they are not uncomfortable. I normal, uh, not a ma- not a major change. It's gonna be differential. Okay. All right. All right, so we can we can talk about your your high rocks journey in a bit and 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 the races like you've recently qualified for for the elite race at the world championships but let's let's start with your background like where what were you doing before before high rocks so i i was a triathlete before amateur amateur triathlete i was never i never raced professionally in any other sport and i started doing triathlon in 2011 at the age of 21 years old, I, same year I started uh, swimming. So I progressively increased my uh, my swimming skills. But I ne- I've never been, I hadn't, I was never, I was never good enough in swimming to move into a, another level. So triathlon is very limiting from the swimming perspective. If you if you don't swim well, you can probably don't have many chances of 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 doing like uh, well in, in the professional field. And yeah, I raced amateur. Uh, triathlon for uh, 11 years and uh, moving from sprint to Olympic distance to half Ironmans and then Ironman. My first Ironman was 11 years after doing my first triathlon. So it took me 11 years to try the long distance. Uh, and I, I did a couple of Ironmans in 2022, uh, Ironman Texas, and, and, and then I qualified for, for the Ironman World Championships in Kona. And that's my, my triathlon journey, basically. Okay. Do you, do you think like the the long the longer distance like the Ironman suited you better? No, I don't think so. Uh, it could suit me better if I have time to train, but the problem is that you need a lot of hours and you need a schedule that fits very well with your training. And uh, it's not my case. I I, I realized that Ironman distance was not compatible with my current life, 
So having a, a full-time job, uh, having a normal life and training 20 hours a week is not something we, you cannot handle for a very long time. And it took me one year to, to realize that. <laughs> so unfortunately, I, I, I make the, the right move <laughs> the right place. The pillarity of like triathlon and Ironman does interest me because like because like you say the amount of time that it is is needed to put into it, and then just just like thousands and thousands of people that are willing to do that, I find it quite interesting. Um, what was your time in Ironman? Um, my first Ironman was eight forty five, eight hours forty five minutes, and then I raced in Kona and it was eight hours fifty nine minutes. So I, I was under nine hours in both Ironmans, but I'm not happy with my performance because I was un, I wasn't able to run the marathon. So I faded in the marathon in both Ironmans. I had a real hard time uh, during the second half of the marathon, which is normal for someone who I I, I didn't put enough miles in my legs uh, uh, in, the, in the preparation for running. I had injuries in in the in the way to this both Ironmans and I couldn't run a lot. So uh, it makes sense. So I just lost a lot of time in the second half of the both both marathons. So I still have this feeling like I would have I would like to to do it better, but uh, not a bad time by to be an amateur. Very good time. Very good time. So th does that mean that one day it's going to draw you back in and and you're going to want to go and do another go? <laughs> <laughs> I can say that aloud now, but yeah, this this, this is something that's still in my mind. I I want to go back to. to and, and do something a little bit better. I, I was targeting, I wanted to be in the in the podium in my age group in Kona, and it was very close. I, I When I was kilometer, 30th kilometer, I was fighting with a guy who finished fifth, which the podium in Ironman is only is for five people per age group. It's five people, not three. So I was trying to be in the top five, and it was, it was, it was, I was there until uh, the 30th kilometer in the marathon, and then I went back to the 20th place. So it was super, super tough finish. Uh, so I still have this this thought in my mind that is I, something I want to try in the future, but not in the short term. And and that was about before that, like when you were younger, were you doing, did you have an endurance background as a child? Not really. Uh, I grew up doing uh, two sports that have nothing to do with endurance. So one is alpine skiing and the other one, which we have a, a nice story with, with Dylan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not I, sand I skiing. Not sand skiing, it's alpine skiing. So it's just in snow, a slalom, giant slalom. I was my, the two uh, races I used to, to compete. And then uh, in the same time, I was uh, competing in, in karate which is the martial arts. So I was fighting and skiing. This is, this are my, my two sports until I had 20, uh, 18 years old. So when I went okay. to the university, I, I stopped doing uh, competitively both uh, skiing and, and, and karate. And I started running casually just because I went to the university first year. I just focused on studying a lot. And I, I just needed some sport to stay active and I ran, which was the easiest thing to do. The following year, I joined the uh, university uh, running team, uh, but just was a recreational run club. So it was not nothing competitive. And the following year, this is when I started doing travel with the university team as well. So uh, I don't I have a very short experience in running. So I can I, I, I don't usually say that I come from running because I just did one year of running, very recreational, and then I moved into travel. Did we find that you were 
pretty good runner? Where, like uh, you had a natural ability for running when you first went into it? Uh, not when I first started, but I improved very fast. Uh, it took me a very short time to start running in different places. So uh, yeah, and I think I reached I reached my peak of running in three and a half years after starting doing triathlon. So I kept improving my running while doing triathlon uh, a lot. And uh, but no, I was not particularly good at the beginning. Uh, it took me like three three years and a half to to be decent. Okay. All right. So then, so you, so you were doing Ironman, um, not too long ago, 2022, right? You, you said, yes, yeah? so the 2022 World Championships. Is that yeah, you were there? Uh, I mean, October 2022 was uh, the Ironman race. Okay. 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 And then, and then, so you found High Rock shortly after that, I guess. Yeah, right after I came from Kona, and uh, I the story is that I wanted to do something different from Ironman. And because I live in Chicago, I decided that I wanted to be a runner for a year. So I said, okay, I'm going to sign up for the Chicago Marathon for the following season because Chicago, Chicago Marathon is in October. So October 2023 was going to be my goal. But I was not accepted uh, because my I didn't I had never run a marathon before. So I, I applied for the lottery and I didn't get the, the entry. So uh, I was not in, t- in the in the Chicago Marathon, and then I said, "Oh, what can I do this season? I have nothing in my mind." So, uh, a couple of weeks after this, I received an email from um, a swim run club here in Chicago. Well, not in Chicago, who uh, they were partnering with uh, with Hyrox to do a, like a strength program during the winter because winters in Chicago are really tough, and people want to do something different. So. Uh, it, they basically offered like two months of free training sessions with Lauren and Mark. And then we had to race in Chicago. So both my wife and I signed for this uh, this program. And this is how we, we knew about Hyrox. So it's barely a year ago. Nice, nice. And you, uh, like, when you saw it, I guess you were immediately, like, were you immediately attracted to it or were, were you hesitant because of like the, the, the strength side of it? Uh, it took me a little bit to get used to this sort of training. I was not a very game person, so I was not a strength at all. I When I when I finished uh, the Ironman World Championships, uh, my weight was 68 kilograms. And uh, yeah, I knew it was too light for what Hyrox required, but I loved the way of like combining both uh, sides so I knew that it was a lot of a lot of weight put into the running first part which I liked and the weights is something that okay you can you can go slowly and get it and uh yeah so I, I enjoyed quite a lot the journey through the first uh Hyrox, which was open weights and it went very well so uh I I had a lot of time since the first one is when I said okay this is a this is what I want to I want to focus for the next uh, months but I was not thinking about anything that is happening now so i was just thinking okay this sport is very cool i want to keep doing it but i also want to keep doing uh some traveling related stuff so uh in the spring of last season we i was still swimming a lot i also raced uh, a swim run course with my with my wife i raced a, a, a aquathlon in in chicago as well but short distances things not very seriously uh, but it was after uh, New York Hyrox when I said, okay, probably this is the sport that I have to go for. 
So, so that the, the first race you did, you were sub sixty in the open, right? Yeah. And then, and then, and then you went and did pro the next race. Uh, what, yeah. what was your time there? Humbling experience, one hour ten minutes. Uh, one hour was, ten. Yeah, uh, but but I knew that this time was not representing what I was capable of because uh, I spent ten minutes in the sled pool and eight minutes, almost eight minutes in the wobbles. So these two stations just added this much time above one hour. Uh, besides that, I ran at three thirty-five. Uh, minutes per K uh, all the runs so it was very consistent the run was the fastest uh, runner in that day even though Rich Ryan and, and Rankin was there Rankin was 56 minutes in that race and that course and and I ran faster and uh, so yeah so basically I knew that there was something that I need to work on a couple of stations that didn't didn't want, didn't go well but besides that I knew that if I put a lot of effort in this station I could be good in this sport in hindsight, what do you think it was on the on the slipper and, and the wobble? Was it a technique thing or was it was it like strength? Uh, it was a mix. Uh, for the for the pool, I think uh, what I'm what I'm seeing what I saw later, I, I realized that the lane where I pulled the sled, the girl who was there as well, who was she was the same girl that finished third in Manchester in the World Championships in the elite uh, weight. So it took her longer than ever the same lane so i think that there was something there in the lane that this led something happened with the sled uh, because it was my first time i i had no other reference so just it is what it is and the wobbles is that just i had no enough strength uh in my shoulders and, and this is something that i'm still working on it because this is my weakness i do think that that, that does sometimes happen on the sled pole uh, and when when it's like an experienced athlete, and you know that they've done decent times, and then they have a bad one, you're like, "Oh, it's a bad sled pull." And then like new guys like you come in and, and have a bad one, and everyone thinks it's the athlete. But often I do wonder if it's if it's the actual pull. Like, I wonder if that's what happened with Joe Skipper. Actually, in fairness to him, he was like, "Nah, it was me." But uh, yeah, but because I know he struggled on that. Um, was it uh, so what have you done what have you done to improve strength is it just is it just a case of like you know basic basic strength work in the gym and over time that's improved to to, to get to where you are now yeah basic stuff um very basic stuff i i'm not as i said i have no i have no, I have no experience in the gym so i i'm very respectful with the barbell um uh, movements I'm very scared of weights, honestly, and I'm still, and I'm, I'm just getting used to it. But uh, I'm still quite uh, respectful with the, with the weights and the barbell. So uh, a lot of deadlifts, basically deadlifts, uh, back squat, not crazy weights because I don't lift too much. And then what I did a lot is sled pull itself. So I trained a lot of sled pull, a lot, and I started putting more and more weight in the in the gym, sledding gym and improving the technique and i think this is the station i work the most and uh, and i think the way I, the reason why i improved is not only because i improved my strength which i probably improved it a little bit but i think it's because i i was very specific in the in the sled pool train yeah so it was quite specific that you you were doing like literally you were doing sled pools it weren't like you were doing bent over rows and pull-ups and this that and the other you were no quite specific no. 
No, not pull-ups, honestly, not bed over rope. <laughs> no, so, uh, okay. so most of these names, I still have to look for them in Google. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know what a pull-up is. But, uh, and, no, no, a lot of sled pull. I think 90%, I think 95% of my sled pull skills come from doing sled pull. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, if we, uh, if we jump to like this, this season in the majors, so you've done, um, done very well in the first major in Chicago, finished, was it fourth? You finished there? Yeah. And then, and then in Vienna, you finished second, uh, done, done amazingly well, uh, qualified for the elite race, um, in, in Nice. Did, did you think that was possible? Like going into that race, you thought, you thought qualification was on the cards? I knew, I knew it was possible after Chicago. Uh, before Chicago, I was not even expecting to race in the Elite 15 this season. Uh, it was a project that I had, like, from now to one year, uh, in one year. So it was not something I had in mind. But uh, once I finished fourth in Chicago, given how it felt, I knew that I could be in contention uh, with, uh, with, uh, with the top guys. Uh, so Vienna was, was a surprise, the second place. But it was not that much, so I performed like I knew I could do it. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was it was my my goal was to qualify in Vienna. Honestly, that was my goal. I don't want to be. I I mean, it's it's like uh, uh, what what I was had what I had in my mind. Uh, but I everything is so tight. So we are so similar from second to tenth or to the last guy. Everybody is in the same range of time. So. We any if you if you are not at your hundred percent if you are your ninety nine percent you will go from second to eighth, and and this is something that you have to be very very uh, good the day of the race uh, because there's a lot of guys in the same bag where you can finish second or eighth or ninth and and we are all good so we'll see different results in different majors uh, we could see different results in different majors as we this season and this is because the level is very similar. I was thinking that earlier, actually, because uh, I was looking at the the Washington lineups, and the, the, it is just—it's not just purely like what you do in your training. I don't think that it's going to affect whether you finish like second or tenth. You know, it's, it's 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 the jet lag is clearly a factor, and just a million other things that that depend on how you perform on the day can can make the world of difference at at that level with with how close it is. Um, do do you have tactics in a race like that do you do you try and go out hot and like stretch the field and turn it into a running event or or anything like that or are you just running your own race i usually run my own race but i've learned that in the elite 15 you need to be in the you need to be in the top five from the beginning if you want to be in convention so uh i don't, you don't want to be to see yourself in the last pack after the sled push like happened to me in stockholm because it mentally is super tough so you don't want to be lapped. You don't want to be uh, to see the other guys like way far at the beginning. So I tried to push a little bit harder than I would do if in at the beginning. And once I <clears throat> I fixed my my place between the th third, fourth, fifth, that was my strategy in Vienna. I settled a little bit and just did my race after the after the four pieces. I Barbies included. I think I I did my my own race until the Barbies. I probably pushed a little bit harder than I I, I could have uh, if I, I would have done if if I if I raced by myself. You're one of the best runners in the field. 
if we look at like whatever 5k 10k times how, how are you approaching the runs are you uh like are you taking it a little bit easier on the runs than maybe some of the other guys are so that you can push more on the stations or is it like fairly constant throughout uh i don't go easy easy i try to settle but i recover a little bit but not uh crazy so i what i do is i don't the first the first lap i usually this is where people go slowest the slowest so i try to go a little faster this first lap i know i have a very good compromise running uh and this uh first let's say 300 meters feel the same very similar to the last uh, to the first 300 meters of uh, a sprint a sprint duathlon which i did a lot of them and i knew how it feels and i know that my legs will come back even though i'm suffering during these 300 meters so uh yeah i usually push a little bit this first uh, 300 meters despite my body tells me to slow down and then i settle and then i put it like a like a cruise like a like a low threshold uh pace and i try to just uh, calm down and get into the next workout with a heart rate that is decent and and manageable. Okay, what are you what are you thinking about in those those tough tough times? Like when 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 you are suffering, is there is there a place your mind goes? It hurts more to lose. Oh, it hurts more to lose. <laughs> in my mind. Uh, you can always go one more wall wall. You can always go one more step in the lunges. You always have something in the time. Your 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 brain, your mind keeps something left just in case you need it. So you have to be uh, aware that you have always something left. Okay. All right. Nice. Um, what does what does your training now look like now now that you have qualified? Do you immediately like change? Does the intensity of your training change or anything like that? For example, like, um, like it, as you're now building up to Nice, does does that change things for you training wise? Honestly, uh, I haven't changed anything since uh, Vienna. Uh, so I raced in Vienna, and because I I was planning to race this year as well in, in two uh, three weeks uh, from Vienna to this year, so it was three weeks and the mixed doubles in between. I just kept training the same way I was training for Vienna. So uh, I didn't change anything, but yes, my plan is that after uh, DC, I will take a couple of easy week, weeks, uh, and then I will build up to the to the worlds for I think it's eleven or ten weeks what I have, which is time enough for um, like putting a little bit more of fitness on top of what I have now. But uh, I have to say that my season has been a little bit different from the rest of the guys because I started in this sport in February last year. Since then, I never stopped. So I kept training and training and training and training and training and because I felt like I was improving and I'm still improving. I'm still improving. I haven't stopped. So I need to, I need, I know I'm, I'm, I know that I have to make a break and just uh, take it easy at some point. So uh, Vienna, uh, sorry, uh, Nice is going to be where uh, finally we'll do an off season. So after Nice, uh, which is going to be almost a year and, and one year and three months or four months after starting training uh, constantly, uh, I think I need a break uh, because I, I didn't, uh, I don't have any periodization of the, of my training. So I just kept training and training and training and I kept improving, but I know there's a limit here. So you need to uh, go one step back and then to move to step forward. Um, if you think about your the running training that you were doing 
when when you could when you were doing Iron Man. Does that does it look significantly different to to what you're doing now for the running training for Hyrox, or is it largely the same? It looks different. Yes, I now I'm focused more in intensity than than volume. So my running volume is not very high. I, I I'm able now to do like thirty miles, which is five fifty k per week consistently, which is three four times. I run usually run three or four times per week, which is normal but enough for me and i put uh, quality sessions uh, at least two quality sessions in the during the week so uh two quality sessions one and a couple of easy sessions so don't i don't usually go for long runs now uh, i feel like i don't need this um, endurance uh, work that i have for this uh, like 11 years doing triathlon so uh, I just focus more in intensity and quality than, than, than volume. This is my, my strategy now. But I, this is something that doesn't work for everybody. So it depends what your background, where you come from, you have to adapt. But in my case, I, I put in more effort in the strength-based or uh, compromised strength than running itself. Okay, okay. So say that again. So you, you put more work into compromised strength training than you do into your running training. Yeah, and I say compromised strength because uh, people usually train compromised running. I don't do a lot of compromised running. I say that I usually do compromised strength. Uh, so, uh, and uh, yeah, my, my gym sessions are not usually, don't usually have running. I never, I don't usually do uh, like compromised running. Just when I go to the track and I do barbies in between, but I don't put heavy weights in between my run, uh, my run sessions. So just uh, I, I I I do this separately. So compromised uh, strength, which is a mix of Eric's rowing, skier, and heavy stuff, and running purely running. So I have both both separately. Okay, excellent. So so when you're so is it fair to say that the majority of the strength training is compromised? To some extent, so you're like doing an erg into some some sort of strength work. Yes, yes. This is this is the baseline of my of my training. This has been the the baseline, and it was not initially. It has no nothing scientific behind it. It's just because I enjoy it, and okay. <laughs> I, I I love this sort of training. So um, uh, I don't like to lift weights. I know I have to. I don't like to lift weights purely and go to the gym, lift weights, and go back home. I don't like it. So uh, it's just something that I probably have to work on uh, next season. But uh, this this year, I won't. I will not change anything that I'm doing so far, which is working. So I just I will keep doing it. So Eric's and and lunches, Eric's and and, and sled pulls, sled push. So Eric's and wobbles, so a mix of, of things like between something between uh, twenty minutes to one hour. It's uh, yeah, the, the sort of workouts I usually do. Okay, all right. Um, let me, let me just talk about like some of your your strength numbers, if if you know those. Like, do you know what your squat and deadlift might be? No, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> uh, I can tell you all my running numbers, but uh, I have no idea. I lift. Uh, when I if if I do like a, a lift team session, a lift session like wait, uh, I just lift. Two, I put in two fifty pounds, which is one hundred something. Just nothing crazy in the deadlift. 
And for the bag squat, I never exceed 200 pounds. I've never exceeded 200 pounds. Uh, I feel uncomfortable uh, or I feel a bit scary to, to go deep with, uh, with more weight. So uh, I know I probably can lift more, but uh, I, 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 haven't, I haven't tested. Okay. But you, you still feel like I've spoken to a few people in here about sort of that side of things, but you still feel like you can move. I mean, obviously you still move the sleds pretty well. You don't think like, like, squat on a deadlift necessarily is is that important for being able to push and pull the sleds that well no <laughs> i i don't know uh um maybe not i mean it's important i'm not the i'm not the best in the sleds and i know i can improve a lot a little bit not a lot because if you check the times of, of, of the sled push in in vienna between the third best sled push and me i was 11th it's only 10 seconds so not very significant. So yes, I could improve 10 seconds by putting a lot of effort in doing weight-specific stuff. Maybe it's coming just by doing what I'm doing and I'm keep improving. And the sled pull, I think it's an it's an exercise that with a minimum of grip strength and a minimum of, uh, of uh, like deadlift strength, you can do it with a whip technique. You can go very fast. So it's more about technique. Uh, the sled pull is a lot about technique if you have a minimum of strength. I'm talking about how weights feel currently because I, I was not in the sport before, but I heard that previously the sleds were crazy heavy. And I've, I've seen yesterday I was with Dylan and we were checking uh, his times in the sled push and sled pull uh, in 2021. And, and it was totally different sport. So they used to spend five minutes in the sled push. It was insane. Uh, so it was like a different sport. It was a like a, a big guys game not now it's more like a hybrid game where the runners maybe have a space mm-hmm. and be, it'd be interesting to see like it looks like the sleds were reasonably fast yesterday the push whether that if that continues does it become more of a like a runner's game than than it otherwise has been um you mentioned we were talking about running and you, you mentioned like quality sessions do a few quality sessions a week and a reasonably high percentage of your running work is quality. Uh, what might what might a session look like for you? What's a typical session? So I, I usually like to do um, like uh, between five to ten minutes intervals at threshold, but they are not always at the same uh, pace. So usually, if I have, for example, five by five minutes, or let's say easier, three by eight minutes. I usually do the first two minutes of this eight-minute interval way above threshold, like a view to max uh, effort. And then I settle for five minutes trying to re- uh, recycle the lactate. So I do a lot of running, which is very specific what, for what Hirox uh, asks, which is uh, recycling your lactate or using your lactate as fuel, fuel for uh, uh, during the running. So getting used to this f- uncomfortable feeling of having your legs burning and then recycling it. I think this is something I, I, I'm, I've been working a lot on. So if I do, for example, three by eight minutes would be the first two minutes of this eight minutes would be above threshold. And the rest, I try to go as fast as possible, but feeling that I'm selling. So mm-hmm. um, this is the, the sort of sessions, an example. This is an example. And obviously, there's many other things that I do, but this is a, a basic example. Okay. And what, what would the rest period be? between those intervals 
Uh, I usually jog. I never stop. I just always jog in between one and two minutes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jog, jog so... means means so one. So that's uh, easy. Uh, Four thirty per k or so. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so, like, that would typically be like half an hour of threshold work. You, you're not going like crazy miles above that. I I never go above thirty minutes of threshold work. I usually, I'm usually in between twenty and thirty minutes. Okay. Any double threshold days you're doing? Uh doubles race. Double 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 day oh, of threshold. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh I haven't implemented that <laughs> yet. But uh, I'm curious about learning a little bit more. Uh, I I will probably explore. There's a lot of things I want to explore for next season, and this is one of them. I became very famous with the Norwegians, but uh, these double threshold training sessions. What I've heard is that you you need you need to be quite experienced to to do it well. And I checked my thresholds, and I I, I checked with a coach. I'm not I don't have a coach, but I checked with someone who knows a lot about this and. He told me the paces I had to go for these double threshold sessions, and sometimes it's like oof, they are tough. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to be—I have to be mentally prepared. So this season, I'm not gonna change anything what I'm doing, just uh, because I feel like I'm very confident and I feel happy and I'm I, I, I'm good uh, when I, with, with what I'm doing. But uh, for next season, yes, probably will do some um, additional additions to to my training. And you just you just mentioned there that you don't uh, you don't have a rest like you 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 slow jog is that um, is that really just like because of like high rocks we're not resting is that is that the thought process there? Uh, it's because high high rocks works. It's because the same as uh, I used to do in when I trained for Ironman and half Ironman races. My my interval training sessions were 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 never with a full rest. But when I was younger and I raced uh, sprints and uh, Olympic duathlons and triathlons, I did a lot of uh, full rest, uh, full rest and uh, interval sessions. Uh, so I know how they feel as well. But I think now it fits me well better for the sport we are doing, like doing like uh, this uh, uh, two minutes in between jog and then that full rest. Yeah. Okay. Um uh running technique do you do, do you work on that very much there's there's some people i i look at that i think they they run well and you're you're certainly one of them i think i think you make it look very easy what, what you do. do is that something that you work on no i don't work on my technique i do some drills but not for technique but for uh more for like uh warming up or just uh feeling a little bit like uh spicy or just a little bit of work just warming up I do. Uh, I have some drills that I do before the race. I do uh, before a hard part of the session, but just for warming up. They you can call them technique drills, but they are just not for this purpose. I from the very beginning I used to be a midfoot or a, a runner, so I was not uh, uh, using my heel during the runs. Um, because, and I think that my theory is that, but from the very beginning, so it was something I never had to think about. So it was because, uh, when I, when I, when I did karate for so many years, and when you fight, you are always jumping, constantly jumping and using the, the forefoot. 
So uh, I, I kept doing it while running. So I felt that it was the natural way of running when I started running after I was 15 years of karate. So I think it was uh, the reason why I, I, I used sorry, not me foot, four foot was very, uh, very evident in the videos how, uh, how my running uh, is. Even though if I go at five minute uh, K, uh, I run the same way. So uh, not how fast I go is I always run with the same technique. But no, I don't do anything specific. Just uh, what I've been doing all my life. Okay. Okay. Uh, you said um, you said you'd know your running numbers. So what are you like? Five k, ten k, marathon, whatever. Well, my best five k uh, when I was fit, uh, I could have gone under fifteen minutes. I I I, I haven't gone because uh, races were not matching exactly, but. Uh, close to 15 minutes, 15, uh, 15 minutes, three seconds is my best. And now I think I could be in 15, 15, 20, 15, 15, more or less, not very far from, from that moment. Uh, actually I raced, uh, I raced this uh, Christmas, a uh, few running races and I was in, in this range, but you know, when you run road, road races, it's like, you cannot compare because there's uh, hills, there's uh, many, many other things. Not they're not hundred percent accurate. So, uh, but yeah, I think I'm in, in this range. And then for the ten k, uh, my best is thirty minutes fifty nine seconds. And uh, now I think I can go under thirty two or so, thirty one highs maybe. Uh, but besides, uh, uh, like. Anything longer than 10k now, I think it would be much slower than it used to be. Um, so the 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 because I'm doing just shorter sessions, I'm focused more on this one hour range uh, for high rocks, uh, which uh, is not the same as running a half marathon or an, mm -hmm. a marathon. Yeah, yeah my marathon, half marathon, half marathon, for example, is uh, I don't have a very good time in the half marathon because I haven't done too many. I've done a lot of half marathons within Ironman. So in Ironman, in half Ironman races, my best half marathon, my marathon time is between 113 to 114, was like my, my, my times normally. And the marathon, I only did two of them in, in the Ironmans and they were not good at all. <laughs> so, so, all right, those times are nice though. Excellent. Um, do you, uh, um, sorry, what was I going to say? Uh, so what is your, your total training volume in a week now uh i'm averaging 12 hours now okay. so 12 hours is my average training uh volume okay okay all right nothing that's not crazy compared to to some of the other other elites but it's sufficient yeah it's enough i do a couple of sessions uh per day not very long sessions um yeah and the weekend on the weekends i usually do one so two sessions during the week and one session on Saturday and one on Sunday. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. Um, in the uh, in the latest High Rocks video, uh, they they interview you and you said uh, the best High Rocks athletes are still to come in into the sport. Uh, is there anyone in in your mind that that you think would do very well or that you'd like to see compete? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've been, as I said, I've been in, in triathlon for many years. I trained as hard as I'm training now. And I not I was not even close to the top 500 of the world. Uh, so uh, I think there's a lot of 
a lot of room for improvement in, in high rugby if real professionals uh, start doing the sport. But the, I think that the, the, the best high rugby athletes will come when people start training high rugby from uh, young ages. So same as triathlon, when it blew, it blew up, when 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 people when kids started doing triathlon from uh, five years old, and now people who come from from high rocks are people who were very good in other sports, but they are now retired, or they have just gave everything in other sports. Now it's like okay, this is the, something I want to do. I'm, I'm good at sports, but just for fun. And I I'm very curious of seeing people like building up from very young ages into hierarchs. Uh, once people start training at young ages, I think they will, they will, they will just crush it. Uh, from current, currently, uh, uh, if you, as I say, professional athletes who are retired, they can do it very well, uh, of course, and it depends uh, how committed they are. But if you have been professionally one sport, I think it's difficult to have the same level of commitment with another sport when you are retired. But uh, yeah, so, um, and there's a lot of sports that fit, fits very well, fit very well with high rocks, like rowing, I think rowing, uh, skiing, not skiing, not my skiing, but uh, cross country skiing, uh, running, like mid, I think mid distance running, like uh, 1,500 meters, uh, athletes, if they get some strength, yeah, decathlon, which is uh, something, athletes from decathlon, they have all the skills they need for high rocks. Uh, I know, but you see that the elite 15 have a wide range of, of, of profiles. We come from very different backgrounds. Um, and this is super, super, super interesting because you don't see a sport that where the best 15 guys in the world come for such a different, a broad, uh, uh, like a spectrum of, of, of sport. That's super nice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, what's your, what's your hopes for? well the rest of the season but presumably mainly nice do you have a target in mind uh no i don't have a target uh because i see as i said i feel better week by week and i think i have still a lot of room for improvement so uh when i get closer to nice uh, let's see how i feel uh i think i can do better than i'm doing now but uh i don't know how much uh there's four guys in the world who are a little bit one step ahead of the rest uh, who are, are uh, Ron Hunter, Ryland, and Ryan Ken. I, I think these four guys are one step ahead. Sandy, I think he's also would be in the same in the same group as well. Team finish, if he's in, 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 at his 100%, he's a guy to be in the same group. So it's going to be super tough. I mean, I think Denise is going to be crazy tough. If you are not at 100%, you are 95.5%, you won't be in contention. So it uh, will be very, very interesting. So I, I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't usually have expectations. I, I, I like to, I don't, because for me, an expectation is a limit. If you expect something, you are settling, you're putting a limit on you. So I try not to have these expectations. I don't have this bar. I just have open space to grow uh, wherever I can, I can, I can go. Oh, nice. What's your uh, what's your best sporting moment experience? My best sport. Your best uh, best experience in sport is it? Oh, okay. Uh, my best experience. I everything I'm living now with Hyrox. Honestly, uh, I had never experienced anything similar. I like the vibes in the in the races. And yesterday I was in 
in the, in the race here in Miami, and it was it was incredible. Uh, so I, I don't. It was so so amazing cheering for people. Uh, and no, it doesn't matter your level. We are all in the same boat, and it's like it's incredible. I, I spent all day in the venue, all day, and cheering. I raced. We raced in the morning. We kept all day there. I was live streaming uh, uh, the Dylan's race. I, I I was so into the race. I felt like I was racing with him. It was like <laughs> oh. And, and yeah, so and also I, I saw David Magida racing with his dad, which is amazing. He did uh, doubles with with his dad in the morning. He was smiling and <laughs> all day. And uh, yeah, super cool. I like I like I like it. I like it. So this is the best experience I would say. That um, that atmosphere, the atmosphere at the Vienna race, I thought was very special as well, wasn't it? Like the the crowd there, the evening race. That was that was that was very special. I thought. Um, what uh um to, to one one final question is uh if you were going to put a message out to the world on a billboard for all the world to see what would it say? Uh, don't put your limits. Uh, as I said, the same as I said before. Uh, no expectations. Try to be open uh to whatever happens and and don't try because once you expect something, as I said, you have a limit there. So try not to expect anything. And just whatever comes, take it, be happy what it is, and try to be happy. I think if you're happy, there's no limits. Brilliant. Brilliant. Love it. All right. Well, brilliant. Thank you for this. Really appreciate it. Any, anything else I should have asked you? And also, if where, where should people go if they want to follow you, find out more about you? Yeah, so no, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm not a super uh, social media guy, but uh, I'm <laughs> just getting used to it. Uh, so Pelayo Felechosa is my, my Instagram. Uh, yeah, so you can follow me there. You can DM me if you want. I mean, I usually answer everybody. So it's like I've got a lot of questions and, and comments since I started like being here in Hyrox in the Elite 15. And, and, and it's always great to go to a race and, and talk to people. Uh, so come here, talk to me, and, and just I'm open to discuss. I'm one of you. So uh, yeah, that's all. And this is uh this is this is gonna go out a couple of days before the Washington or, or a day before actually the Washington DC elite race. You're you're racing in that, yeah? Yes, yes, I'm racing in Washington. Uh, just, I'm just I'm ready. Is it now, now that you've qualified for 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 the worlds, does does your tactics change for, for this race? Are you gonna go out really hard or anything like that? Maybe. Maybe. We'll wait and see. Tune in. We'll see you okay. All right. All right. Nice. Well, thank you for this. And uh, yeah, I'll see you in DC. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you. Hey, hope you enjoyed that. If you haven't yet done so, it'd be very much appreciated if you could leave us a positive review on iTunes or Spotify. Only takes a second and it does help a lot. Please also make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you enjoyed this one, please consider sharing it on the socials to help spread the word. Remember to check out rockslife.com for all your High Rocks tips and news. And I'll be back with another episode very, very soon. Bye for now.